Welcome to the Sports Sister podcast, where we bring together professional experts with grassroots pioneers to discuss key topics for grassroots sport. I'm Natalie Doyle, and this episode I'm joined by two brilliant guests from the world of women's recreational football. Carol Bates has been involved in football for over 40 years before she finally started playing aged 48. She'd washed the kit, managed and coached teams, been a club secretary, but it wasn't until she set up Crawley Old Girls that she finally got the chance to play herself. Andrea Ellis set up Bromley Bells, a recreational football team for women over 30 in 2018. She's now also a Weetabix Wildcats community champion and Bromley FC's first ever development officer for women and girls. Two women that love football but didn't have the opportunity to play until they were a bit older. It just goes to show you're never too old for sport. Let's see what they have to say. So, Carol and Andrea, thank you so much for giving up your time today. I'm really looking forward to this chat. Um, women's recreational football has just gone from strength to strength, hasn't it, the last few years? And I know you've both been huge catalysts in in driving that forward. I suppose my first question is, and Carol, if we start with you, what was it that made you want to get involved in the first place? Well, I think sort of going back to when I was about age seven or eight, um, watching my dad, following my dad around, watching him play football every weekend, and then sort of in subsequent years doing everything in football apart from actually playing, um, you know, making the teas and washing the kit and being a secretary for years and that and everything that sort of went with it, managed a men's team and a, and a girl, coached a girls team. I did everything apart from playing. Um, and it wasn't until I was 48 um, that I just sort of said at the, at the time I was uh, the chair of the local football club, Corey Town and Supporters Alliance and the Community Foundation there. They were trying to run a project run by the Football League Trust to get more girls involved. Um, but the sessions were only for girls age 14 plus and the 25 was the maximum age. And I just thought at that time, I just thought I really wanted to you know, have a little kick around and play with your parents at your kids' football and, you know, you really enjoy it. Um, And then I played in a charity tournament, absolutely loved it and just thought, no, this is something I've always wanted to do. Um, And here was an opportunity, but actually it wasn't an opportunity because I was too old. (laughs) So so me being stubborn old me, I was like, this is not going to stop me here. So um, I just said to Amy, who was at the uh, foundation at the time, is there any chance that we can... um, get something organised for older women and just have a kick about and, and learn to play football. And it sort of went from there, really. And how many do you have involved at the moment in the session? Uh, at the moment, we have we have like a sort of a closed Facebook page for all, the, all, and they're not all active, but there is just over 200 on there at the moment. And we wow. run five sessions now. So, yes, there's lots of women now involved and enjoying football. Brilliant. How about you, Andrea? What made you want to get involved um well unlike carol i was the only one in my family that liked football from an early age obviously wasn't allowed to play at school um but always kind of was desperate every play time i used to put on my qpr top ready to go out and kick the ball about with the boys um and just as time went on i went to an all-girls school never got involved played hockey played in goal for hockey because that's the only thing i could do with kicking a ball um and as time went on I approached my school we got some girls football set up with Crystal Palace that was back in the early 90s um but then obviously I left um played a bit at uni when I came out I played a little bit more but then just things happen and you just kind of dries up and you you don't go and it's not a priority 
Um, and I, well, actually, as you know, Natalie, we kind of met over the London Leopards getting the 100 coaches in London by 2020. And I applied for that. And at the same time, I was thinking, yeah, coaching would be great um, because, you know, I was a teacher at that time as well. And I was thinking, you know, but actually, really, I do want to play. And I've been looking for veteran teams and I've been searching vets because that's what men's teams are called for those older players. And there was nothing out there. And then all of a sudden I kind of heard, I think it was on that. I'm pretty sure it was Carol. I did hear about women's recreational and I was thinking, oh, hang on a minute. Um, There's another team. There's like another category out there for people that are older like me um, and just picked up that I was, you know, barking up the wrong tree almost. And um, just one thing led to another and I approached um, Kent FA and they said, well, why don't you just contact Bromley Football Club? And, um, yeah, they've been really supportive. So that was four years ago. And it's just grown. It's just given me so many experiences. I mean, I, I never thought it would be like that. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's, that's how the journey started with Bromley Bells. That's interesting, isn't it, Andrea, that you said that you started to look for vets football? Because, like, like you say, that's what it looks like for men is it's vets football. And I think women's recreational football is very different, isn't it? And... I imagine that's a conscious effort to make it very different. How do you approach what it is that you're running for these women to make it seem that this isn't vets football, it's completely different? How do you approach that? Well, I mean, it is completely different because obviously veterans is more about people that have played in the past and and they're... um, you know, they're kind of looking to carry on playing at a slower pace maybe. But um, as far as the women's recreational is concerned, that is you're, you're looking at a different audience, completely different audience. So you're looking at people that may have played or haven't ever played or played a long time ago and obviously haven't been involved in football for a while. So the whole kind of audience is completely different. You're looking at people that are in a different mindset. Maybe they're not, they don't think they're able to play or, or, you know, they're worried about joining a football team and they haven't got that experience of playing football to fall back on. Yeah, I think it's interesting actually, because when, when we first set up um, seven years ago now, is that we sort of introduced it as older women come and learn to play football sort of thing um because there wasn't any women's recreational football as such around then and we actually called it ladies social football and I'll think back now and I actually cringe at that (laughs) (laughs) it's morphed into women's recreational football but it started off um as just with older women learning to play um and then all these other women saw what was going on and some of them who did get the chance to play wanted to come back into the game. So you then got to the, we then got to the stage of we've got all these beginners, um, but then we have these experienced women that want to come back into the game as well. And then you sort of mix that up, and and then you sort of have to think, well, how do we take it from there? Because you can't have all the experienced players playing with women that have just come into the game. Because one, it's not fair on them, and two, it's not fair on the beginners because they're better and and then you have to think about how you set your sessions up um, in relation to 
you know, abilities and ages, etc. We didn't really go to ages because we were all sort of over 30 and 40 and nearly 50 at the time. <laughs> I think we had to sort of set, set up separate sessions in the end because we ended up not being beginners after a few years. Um, so we wanted, you know, additional, not additional, but extra, you know, harder coaching, if you like. Um, and then we were still having beginners coming into the game. So that still needed to be um, very basic. And, and and I always said when we started, look at it as like mini soccer, you know, with yeah. the kids just starting to play. Um, and that's how that's how we did it. But then, of course, you've got the women that come into the game. They want to, you know, play their game as well. So you have to sort of plan on how you're going to manage it all as it starts to grow. And it has grown and it's going to grow massively after the Euros as well. Yeah. Yeah, that must be a real challenge because I think we we always kind of focus on that issue, don't we, for for girls in terms of there's going to be a big range of abilities. Um, Some might have played a bit more before than others. But from a women's point of view, that that range could be almost could be much bigger, can't it? Because you could have people who have literally never played, who are, like you say, over 40, over 50, potentially never played the game. You could have some who have played for quite a while, certainly for for the time we're at now. and then are just looking for something a little bit more casual. Is that is that quite a difficult thing to manage? I think you have to sort of. Um, I have a very strong ethos that that Cogs is all about fun and enjoyment. So regardless whether you played before in a very competitive environment, whether you're new to the game or you've just got some experience, if you're coming to the Crawley Old Girls sessions, you will know that it's all about fun and enjoyment. So what happens is um, the experienced players who come in. We've had got women that used to play for Brighton years ago. Um, but then what happens is they come in and they play. And what we do when we have festivals is I always split the teams evenly. So there's always some beginners, some intermediate, some experienced players in each team as we play for fun. And the experienced players then help the other players in their game. And actually that gives the experienced players something else because they then feel that they are actually doing some good and they're helping others um, through their sort of football learning journey. So you have got another side to it. And then the beginners obviously are learning off the more experienced players as well. So it's not just you going in, playing a game. There is that other interaction as well from, from beginners through to experienced players in the same team. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much, <laughs> I've gone to Carol in the past for advice actually um in how to kind of manage that with the teams because again as carol said you know we've got the same thing with us we're completely inclusive with a range of abilities um and you know we want to we all want to play football and the most important thing is making sure that we are having fun and we're getting fit um and and by doing that, we've also had that same ethos as well of, of ensuring that we mix up the teams. We don't do an A and a B. Um, that's not that's not the way that we work. We play together as a team. We're one club, and so we're one team. Um, and yeah, it's it helps support those people that that feel that you know they're they maybe they're just at the beginning of their footballing journey, and also you know for those that that are more experienced, as, as Carol said, it, it's also got its advantages as well to support those other players and that sort of mentoring role that, that you 
you have and the supportive role in the club, which kind of like goes to the whole wider picture as well, I guess, in the fact that, you know, we're all women supporting women playing football. Yeah, that's that's a really good point around the motivations you touched on there, Andrea, about why they want to play, to have fun, to keep fit potentially. Do you think those are... Do you see that there's different motivations for the different women that you see that come down? Is it more of a social element? Is it the fitness or is it a bit of a combination of all of it? We have quite a lot of socials, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would, yeah, I mean, I've just literally been talking to some um, teachers. We just held a, a cup competition here today at Bromley. And some of the female teachers that came down to support the girls' teams have just been talking to them. And a lot of the time when you talk to people, they talk about, oh, I'm not very good. I don't, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm a bit worried. I need to come down with a friend. Um, and, and I kind of think, you know, you're, you're the, one of the first things I say is, look, everyone just has a lot of fun and we're a a big team and we do a lot of socials as well you know we've done things that we off the pitch that we would never personally as well that I would never have dreamt of doing um really pushing myself out of my comfort zone I mean I use the example we did Tough Mother a few years ago 30 of us did it and it was the most amazing thing I never would have done that if I hadn't been with the Bells um so in that aspect yeah there's like it, it's two parts um, and also it's just it's just great to be with people that just you have a shared passion of football, but you have lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds, lots of different environments in lots of different situations. So both parts are really, really important. And I think that's what makes the team work and, you know, gets that unity between you. Yeah. And I think you've got as well so many women from that you would never have met normally in your normal life that they're all coming together over this one passion of just well a passion some of them didn't even know they had before they came just playing football and just enjoying playing football and so you've got so many more friends you do different things with each other you learn about other people's jobs and other people's lives and and you know it's so much more than the football isn't it as Andrea said it was you know the social events and you know we have quite a few socials and we all enjoy Mm. a drink every now and again (laughs) There are some, you know, some good videos and, and experiences that come out of that. But, you know, it is not just about the football, but primarily the football is is how it starts. Yeah, that's what uh, sport can do that, can't it? It can bring together lots of different people from different walks of life. And I think it's really good to see such diverse groups coming together in that way. Carol, you mentioned earlier around you cringe when you think about how you sort of branded up the first sessions that you ran around ladies social football <laughs> now you've got really strong identities for the sessions that you run so cogs or crawly old girls uh bromley bells do you think that sense of identity really helps to bring people together in terms of the sessions that you're running oh absolutely because uh, you know i my son works in the local tesco's and he said oh oh, there was a woman that came in today and she had a cogs jacket on and, you know, and and people feel part of this real women's community that actually is their safe space at times. So as soon as you go into the 3G for one of the sessions, you are with your group. They're like, you know, your women and you feel safe. Um, You just walk through the door and you know that you're going to be empowered by your female friends 
Um, you're going to be supported and you're just going to have fun and enjoyment. And, you know, you can take the mickey out of each other as well. And we have mishaps. And I think it is a real community um, of women. And, and, you know, they are proud to be part of COGS and they're very proud that they're actually playing football now as well. Where, you know, so am I. I mean, I wouldn't have been doing any other activities um, before that. But, you know, to put on my boots and just go and play football is just such a big part of my life now. Yeah, it's funny you talk about identity, actually, because a lot of the bells that we have, we're obviously part of Bromley Football Club. Uh, a lot of the bells that we have, they've got youth players in the youth. So some of them coach the, the youth and some of them have, you know, youth players there as well. And I think it's just, it's great. You know, everyone, as I was saying earlier on, you know, I wanted to put my football shirt on at playtime when I was younger. And, and I love putting my shirt on, being part of a bigger thing, a bigger entity, like being part of the football club is amazing. Um, and it kind of knocks on because, you know, you, you're going full circle. You know, we're having the children, lots of sons seeing their mums play football. You know, it, it's, it's, it's game changing at the end of the day. And we all belong to the same club. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to embarrass my own children, but they do say to me, and I'm really proud, you know, you play football, you're older and there's no barriers. Um, And so I think, you know, being part of Bromley Football Club is just for us. A lot of us are really proud. We've got an identity. You know, we've got our badge. We go out there and we know what we're about. And we, you know, we're very happy to spread the word on that. So, yeah, it's, it's really, really important. Yeah, it's really important, isn't it? That sort of breaking down barriers and changing perceptions of women in sport. Like you say, if if the younger players are seeing what you're doing, then they just see that that's, that's normal. That's what should be happening. So it's so important. Okay, right. I'm going to get into the the details now in terms of how you do it. So this sort of age group, women, is a really difficult age group to engage Um usually got lots of other things going on how did you at the start I imagine it grows as the momentum builds word of mouth probably helps to to get people along but at the start how did you get those women down to the sessions well I think the most important thing that I found was that saying to people you don't have to have any experience you don't have to be fit you don't have to you know have any ability at all just come down and have some fun. That was the main thing. Um, but I think as the years have gone by, it's, as you say, it's difficult for this age group. Um, I think when you get a bit older and your family's sort of grown up a little bit more, um, it's maybe a bit easier. But certainly the imagery around mid- midlife women um, being active was is one of my really strong sort of things. I just, <laughs> it frustrates me sometimes because I think you've got to be able to see women like me who are a bit overweight, but we're running around with a smile on our face. You've got to be able to see that image to know that you can do that as well. Um, In fact, I did some work with women in sport and Getty Images. We did like a a library of images of of the Cogs playing um, and everyone's different sizes, everyone's different shapes, you know, different abilities. And, you know, that's the sort of thing that we need to look at to, to engage with more women especially during midlife, especially during menopause, so important that women are active. 
And I think one of the things as well that I completely got rid of is the word exercise. I just do not use that word anymore because you have to use the word active because if it's to me, as I was growing up, as soon as someone said exercise to me, that would mean, right, you have to go fast. You have to do something to be fit. You have to, you know, and all those images, um, you just want to get rid of that now. And you just want to normalize it basically that women that are larger, women that are slower, you know, everybody can be active. We just put a football down in front of them. We give them some coaching, you know, and then they're active and, and it sort of goes from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty much the same as well as what Carol's. I just echo what Carol's saying. I, I guess for me, talking to people out there, it's about identifying the barriers to stop that are stopping people from coming. So one of them is they feel they're not fit enough or they maybe feel like they're going to be judged. So it's about reassuring people that it's fun. Um, so I make a real big deal of, you know, actually putting photos on social media about us, not only playing football, but doing the socials. Um, and, and like Carrie, you know, we've got, we're, our girls are exactly the same, different shapes and sizes uh, and everyone, there, there's no, you don't have to reach a fitness level to come and play. So um, it's, yeah, seeing those barriers, I would definitely say we're flexible. So there's an environment where, okay, if you can't come for a few weeks because of, you know, work or family commitments, then we obviously, there's, there's no issue around that. We'd expect that. So I lay that out quite early on when I'm talking to people um, that, you know, that it is there to be of benefit to them. It's not a, a, a tie. It's not a club. I think sometimes a lot of girls or a lot of women think, you know, that they've got to train every week they've got to be part of it every week and if they're not they're going to be removed from the team and it's not like that yeah. it's do what you want however much or however little and and take it from there so they're definitely the things that that um you know we've tried to 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 bring in to help support women join and to engage with those women that maybe we didn't or, or ha wouldn't engage with football um, and also, you know, I go out and I talk to a lot of women, I tell them about us um, and, you know, try to be really approachable and say, you know, if you're worried, come along and watch. Um, that's happened a couple of times. And within 10 minutes, they've been they've put their they brought their boots to watch and then <laughs> come out onto the pitch. So, yeah. um, you know, that's a good thing. I think it's really important as well, actually, like I'll just echo what Andrea said was the non-committal part is really important for women um as I say there's so much going on with families and and things that have to do outside work um that is that's important for them to know that they can just come whenever they want to and I think the other the other thing I I've always found is that when I say to come and play football come and join us come and have some fun I think there's two answers that always come back and and one is I don't know anything about football and two is I'm not fit enough. Um, mm. And I say, well, you're precisely the people that we want to come along then. Because <laughs> yeah. that's exactly, it doesn't matter that you don't know anything about football for a start because you've got, you know, you've got your feet and you've got a ball and that's all you need. Um, and just not being fit enough, you just go at your own pace. There's no pressure to be any, you know, any fitness or any sort of ability wise there is no pressure to be anything you can just go at your own pace um 
and just enjoy it. That's that's the main thing. I th- I think as well as women, we're quite apologetic. Um, you know, we say oh, we we're not very good at doing something straight away. Yeah. And and you know, and it's trying to change that and say, well, who says? You know, who's made that judgment? So I think being in a non-judgmental environment um, fosters that confidence that I think a lot of women might not have. Um, I mean, for me personally, I will give things a go. I, I, I'm quite an outgoing person, but I know that there are a lot of people that aren't. And I've seen some real people in the team just grow with confidence. You know, they've been really, they've emailed me, said, I'm going to come this week, I'm going to come this week. And then it's taken them two months to come. And then they finally got the courage to come. And then they might watch for a little while. And then they come along and then they might not be involved in the socials or, you know, they might not put themselves forward for a tournament. And then as time goes on, you just carry on being supportive, that drip, drip, drip of, you know, this is a, you know, we're having a good time here. We're a good, solid group of women that are enjoying our football. Um, and, and then you things happen. You start seeing them grow in confidence, put themselves forward for festivals and tournaments and, you know, and actually have a big smile on their face. So, yeah, it is, it's definitely about, it's a, you know, providing that supportive environment and being non-judgmental. We also say for people that are about to come that we buddy them up for the first session I was just so going to say got, exactly the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that they've got someone there that they can talk to because, you know, we try to, I send out an information sheet to people that are um, interested or have made an inquiry and that details what a session looks like, you know, where we meet, what we do, how the session pans out, because for some people that can be a barrier because if they're not sure what if it's going to entail, then they're they're not going to do it. So then when they actually do get that courage of coming along, to have a buddy just means that they've got someone there who has been there for the four years, knows the drill, says, you know, I felt like that when I first turned up. Um, I think that kind of empathy as well is really, really helpful um, in, in making people feel more reassured and, and more likely to, to join. Yeah, that confidence bit is really important, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's so important for, um, you know, the confidence to come out. You know, when I was younger, I wouldn't have said boo to a goose. And, and since doing the football, I've, I've got up on stage and spoken to people. And, you know, because I, I can't explain how it gives you confidence, but when you're enjoying something and you feel good about doing it, it just makes your whole demeanour change, doesn't it? And it gives you more confidence to to do what you want to do and plus I think when you get older um I always say that to young to young I wish I could say to a younger me or all the younger girls now that actually when you get a bit older you don't care as much what people think um so with that as well as to get building confidence as well you just want I wish I could say to the younger girls don't worry about what you look like when you're actually being active and doing sport because it really doesn't matter because in 30 years time you actually won't give a damn what you look <laughs> what you look like so you might as well enjoy that confidence 30 years earlier um but I've seen so many women just their confidence has just you know gone sky high and and with that you know some of the women have gone into coaching and now coaching and you know so there's such a knock-on effect of just making that step to just come in and be active with a football you know it's just an ongoing process that will help other women and girls to play 
Yeah, it's like, I mean, Andrea, for you, if you look now, you're Bromley's first development officer for women and girls. It's basically led to almost like a career change for you. Would You would never have imagined that, would you, in the past? No, I'm still dreaming. I'm still dreaming. <laughs> um, I, ju- I just literally am pin- pinching myself. I mean, I've loved football for 40 years and I never, ever thought at the age of 47 I'd be sitting here at Bromley Football Club working to develop women and girls football. I mean, it, I'm just, yeah, it's just amazing. And and today I was uh, running this tournament for, we had a hundred, over a hundred girls this morning from local schools in Bromley. And I was just thinking, you know, I love it because I love seeing their faces and their engagement in football. And, but there's a little bit of me that was thinking, oh, you know, that could have been me 40 years ago, but I'm so chuffed for them that they have that. But yeah, I have completely career changed. Um, I never really envisaged being in this role. Um, you know, when I applied, first of all, to do my level one with the London Leopards, um, you know, I, I was a primary school teacher, so I'd experienced in teaching and I've always loved football. And, and I, But I never thought that it would develop into setting up the bells and playing and just just all the things that it's brought with me and and you know sport football it's amazing it is just you know it's always been my passion so I'm literally living the dream at the moment and I'm really excited about the future of it because as Carol said you know with the women's euros coming up it is growing massively and you know, some of the teachers I spoke to today were saying, you know, the girls, it's their first, because of COVID, it's their first tournament they've had out of school. And they were just so excited. I mean, we did the Let Girls Play a couple of weeks ago and they were just, at the beginning, we, I said to them, anyone like football? And they're like, um, you know, they were a bit hesitant. And at the end, there was a last minute goal and they were running around, bibs over their faces, celebrating. <laughs> so it's great. So to see that, that those girls have that opportunity now uh, and that I can be some part in that, then, then yeah, I feel very honoured. Yeah, I think I think as well we should also recognise the part that the FA has played in this as well from the beginning. I remember when we first set up and I met Rachel Pavlou, who's the who's a, an absolute wonder and unsung hero of the FA um, with in relation to development of women and girls. And we have been given some opportunities and we've helped the FA um, try and build up women's recreational football and with with uh, the women's Euros coming up in the legacy project Sport England have invested a million pounds um, into adult recreational football to increase participation um, so there are seven women's recreational football officers around the country for the host cities um, and they are building up uh, participation and building up programs um so there's a lot going on behind the scenes um and the fa are you know looking at people setting up just play centers as well so you can go to your local county fa um, and get a just play session set up so if anyone wants to do it you know the the actual structure is there to do it and the funding is available to to do it so i would just say anyone get involved and go and see your local county fa Definitely. Yeah, I think if you're based in one of those host cities or if you're based in Bromley or in Crawley, if you've got if you have a woman listening to this who's thinking about going along to one of those sessions and is feeling maybe a bit anxious about it, I'm not good enough, 
what would you say to those people? Well, I think first of all, there are no barriers. You know, if you're, if you don't have to have any ability to be able to play football, you don't have to have any knowledge about football at all. It's just come and be part of a wonderful group of women and you're just kicking a football around and you'll soon learn how to kick a football properly. You will soon learn, you know, which way to send a pass and, you know, little things like that. And once you get involved with the other women, there's just no stopping them, honestly. <laughs> so just go and do it is all I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say the same. I mean, and if you don't come along and try it out, you'll never know. Um, you know, worst case, come along once, try it. Don't like it. We need never see you again. <laughs> so, it's free. You know, and a lot, but, a, lot, a lot of the sessions that are run, the first session's free anyway, so you've got nothing to lose whatsoever. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we do the same thing as well. And, you know, there's never been, I don't think, in all the last four years that we've had someone that just come once and never came back again. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's just, it's just, there's so much more than just kicking a football, though, as well. It's so much more. It's just a... It's just a great family to be involved in and, you know, to be part of something, um, you know, to belong to something, to have that identity and that one thing for yourself as well. So, you know, go and follow that. I know a lot of mums that I've spoken to that that play, they, they said they were just itching, itching to get onto the pitch. Um, you know, they their foot is edging over that sideline. Um, and they've they felt that for a long time. So and now you've got the opportunity to do it. Um, and I know the first tournament that we went to as Bells, which was actually the Cogs Festival back in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of our, our players, she still plays now. She came off the pitch. She plays hockey because she, partly because there was no football, women's football to play. But um so she, but she's played. She plays football with us now as well, and uh, she won't mind me saying by the fact that she's in her fifties, and she got off the bit pitch and under her breath, well, after that first game, Carol at, at the Cogs Fest, she she whispered, "I've waited forty years for that," and you know, and that is because she wanted to play never had the chance to play now she's had that opportunity and, and she you know all the things that has come with it have been brilliant so and that's really moving to hear that she didn't necessarily want anyone to hear that but you know it was that feeling of that she felt that's it I've I've, I've managed to actually get to play football in an environment that that you know a competitive well when I say competitive game what I mean is is not just the part a kick in the park but <laughs> you know and a, like a festival game so yeah so really moving stuff well that I think that's you know that's just one story isn't it and every behind most women that come along they have a, an inspiring story um and actually without being sounding dramatic um a few of them said it's changed their life by coming um and you can't underestimate that really if you know it, mental well-being so important as well as much as physical well-being isn't it and when you get women coming along who say that that is their thing that's changed their life you know that 
it's really important to sort of recognize that um and then you've got women as I say women inspirational women with you know we have a woman that's 66 and she came along and she started playing maybe I think she was in a sort of 62 63 we all thought she was in her 50s and then she came along and she played on her 65th birthday and we never knew <laughs> she actually came to the session and she has done the play the FA playmaker so she now is able to coach now how inspiring is that yeah. you know it's just unbelievable and then we have another woman Celia she's a grandma um she was playing in goal and then her granddaughter was kicking footballers at her in the goal I mean how you know inspiring is that for a young girl to see her grandma in goal you yeah. know and playing and having fun with them and you know, another woman we had who's, who uh, I'm saying she's she's an inspiration to us all. She was a size 24, 26, and she wanted to play football, but she felt she was too big and she lost eight stone so that she could come and play. And she's now helping me coach walking football, you know, and the, these stories, there's so many of these stories out there. Um, and I'm sure there are many women out there, you know, who would love to play and have got similar stories. Yeah, it's powerful stuff, isn't it? It's it's that finding your tribe, isn't it? I think feeling that you belong and feeling like you're part of something is so important, especially to women. Okay, if we just sort of start to wrap up the conversation a little bit, I've got one final question for you both. So if we've got any clubs or organisations who are wanting to set up a women's recreational session, um, be that in football or any sport, what what advice would you give them? What would be your top tip? I, okay, my my top tip would be have a very strong ethos about what you want your group to be about. Um, I'm very strong on fun and enjoyment and just everyone to come along and just enjoy it, regardless of whether you want to play, play competitively or not in whichever sport it is. If the club has an ethos, um, then everyone comes in and they play under that ethos so fun and enjoyment is my my thing so that everybody wants to come back again and play again um just make it really inclusive and fun 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 all the way yeah I mean I that that would be my tip as well but additionally what I was going to say is that that obviously if you're going to set up a club uh, a team in whatever sport that would be is is use the people talk to the people around you that have done it before um carol won't mind me saying as mother of women's recreational football <laughs> she's been well at least it wasn't grandma I suppose. <laughs> um you know she's been there she's done it she's got the experience and you know and i'm ever so grateful i know i'm not the only person um, that's grateful for for Carol's support and advice in the past. But, you know, so I, I would talk, I'd reach out to people that have done it. I'd also reach out to, obviously, I reached out to my county FA and I reached out to Bromley Football Club. Try and find someone that's going to to help and support you and that will sort of stand up and say, yes, we're going to help you and we're going to, you know, because it, it, it's a journey, it's a journey and you need to find someone that that will help you with that journey because there are different challenges along that journey. So you're actually making a difference as well. Um, and, and we're all trying to, to, I mean, we love football. I set up a team because I wanted to play football, but as the time has gone on, I've realised how much of an impact that has on other people. 
um, and all the other opportunities it provides to people. So, yeah, so if you can find a champion that will help you, I mean, I've been lucky here. I literally phoned up the the director of the charity. He wasn't the director of the charity then. He was a general manager of Bromley Football Club. And I literally said, I'd like to set up a women's recreational football. And at that point, he said, absolutely, we will help you. And I've been so lucky with the support that I've received that has actually been a relatively easy journey. So if you can find a champion, if you can find someone that you can get advice from about how to do it, then that's you know you're you're on a you're on a path to success. Some great advice there. Thank you both so much for giving up your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. What a great chat that was with Carol and Andrea. Just fantastic work that they're doing to bring women together and get them involved in football when perhaps they thought that the opportunity for them to play the game had passed them by. I think it's easy to look at outcomes such as being more active, being healthier, being fitter as being the main things that come out of getting involved in sport. But we heard from all of those individual stories of people that have been involved in their groups that actually it's things like building your confidence and being part of something, bringing you together with women that you would never have met before. And that sense of identity and of community, which is actually so, so important So to Carol and Andrea and anybody else who's running these sort of groups around the country, you're doing a fantastic job and they just go to show that it's never too late for you to get involved in the benefits that sports can bring you. And if it's a sport that you're not actually interested in, it sounds like they've got a great social side as well, which is fantastic. Thank you once again to Carol and Andrea, fantastic guests. That was episode three of the Sports Sister podcast. I hope you're enjoying it so far. If you are, then please do subscribe and leave us a review. We love to hear from you and we'll see you again next time. Bye.